This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It is great to be back. And my first order of business is try to try to help you prevent what happened to me. I had pneumonia. It started as a simple cold, which I caught from my husband and which he recovered from in a few days. I was run down, came to work because we were short-staffed, and kaboom, there is a pneumonia vaccine. I actually knew about it, but it was well down my to-do list. And with flu season upon us, there is also a relationship between the flu and pneumonia, and it can have very serious consequences, especially for people who are frail and have other medical conditions. So we're going to unpack all this. I'm here with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, who's a family physician, and she is happy to answer any of your questions. Let me give the numbers out. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Gorfinkel, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So first, I want to go over some news that we had yesterday about the very sorry take-up rate for the flu shot. And flu shots are free, they're readily available. Only 38% of adults get vaccinated. This came from a Freedom of Information uh, request, so it wasn't easy to get this information. The bright spot is people who are over 65, 71% get vaccinated. But, you know, you're in practice. Why do people not get the flu shot? You know, I'm very concerned about it, frankly. I think people vastly underestimate the damage that a bad influenza can wreak on on a population. It's it's a great concern to me. I think the anti-vacciners have something to do with it. You know, they're a very small but vocal minority. If you were to believe in what Stats Canada has to say, 98% of Canadians feel that vaccines are not only safe, but effective and important in our health. So it's a big deal to get. You know, it's interesting. We just marked the 100th anniversary of uh, the end of World War One, the Great War. And there was another 100th anniversary just before. I actually did a story on this uh, in Zoomer Week in Review, and that was the Great Influenza Epidemic, which was erroneously called Spanish Flu, and it killed between 50 and 100 million people. Well, guess how many deaths there were from influenza in North America last year? Just take a guess. Well, okay, there are about 3,500 in Canada. Uh, I multiply by 10 for the United States. You're too too quick. Okay, so that would be like 38,000 or so. Try 80,000. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very serious disease. And most people underestimate what it can do. And most people falsely think, oh, it's not going to hit me. It's going to hit somebody else. And that's a mistake because the, the, the flu shot is free. It's available at family doctor's offices. It's available at pharmacies now. So it's easy to get. 
Yeah, it's easy to get. And there's another thing for people over 65. As of this year, uh, you can get uh, for free the uh, high dose flu. High dose flu zone. That's absolutely true. Last year it cost the big bucks, and this year that barrier is down, and now everyone can get it for free. That has four times the amount of antigen in it, which allows a better response for older immune systems to mount a good protection against influenza. Okay. Uh, So do you recommend this for everyone? I mean, basically, our immune systems deteriorate as we get older, correct? Immunosenescence, bad news. Yep. So do you recommend the high-dose flu for everyone over 65? Everyone over 65, and also for those with chronic conditions. So if they've had a cancer in the past, if they've had diabetes, if they, if they have kidney disease or liver disease, these are all considered high-risk groups and are supposed to get the high-dose flu zone. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to uh, get to the phones in just a moment. Uh, so th- there are also some, some uh, myths about the flu shot. Um, you talked about the anti-vaxxers, but there are people who say it's going to make me sick, or if I've been sick, I can't get it. It was interesting. You know, normally I get my flu shot at the Zoomer show, which is at the end of October. I was already sick by then, so I missed it. And when I saw the doctor three times for pneumonia, uh, the last one I said, oh, do I have to wait to get my flu shot? And he said, I'm going to give it to you right now. Yeah, he didn't waste a moment, did he? No. You know, another thing, once you're talking about your pneumonia, we should mention the pneumonia vaccination. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a minute. I think that's a really important conversation to have. First, I'm going to take a call from Sharon in Hamilton. Uh, Hi, Sharon. How are you? Fine, Libby. How are you feeling? Fine, thank you. Um, I can't get the flea needle because I'm allergic to the egg syrup. Yeah, there was a study done on egg allergy to find out, you know, how bad is it. And most patients with egg allergy can actually get it safely. But yeah, well, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been sick for a while. That, that's the other reason. See, when I, I can't um, eat eggs because I, uh, they, I can't keep them down. I keep throwing them up. Oh, I see. Most most of this vaccine is a neomycin-based vaccination, so I would suggest talk to your family doctor about it, because here we're trying to balance out the risks of influenza versus the risks of a serious allergic reaction for an individual who has like a gastrointestinal problem with eggs. So it's not a true anaphylactic reaction. In other words, where your throat closes and you get bad swelling, it's not quite like that. So you may so want my, to speak my, to your family my arm doctor. Swells up really bad. Oh, it does. Okay, so speak to your family doctor, and if yes, the family doctor thinks it's important, they can, you know, get you in to see an allergist to better understand, you know, where the balance lies. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for phoning. Okay, thanks for that, Sharon. Uh, yeah, so um, is everyone who's been told they're allergic to the flu vaccine really allergic to it? Haven't they changed over the years? It's, it's really hard to know the answer to that question. I mean, people bandy about the term allergy, and allergy has come to mean anything from I get a little sick when I have it to I get nauseous when I have it to whatever. But a lot of these aren't really true allergies. So I would say talk to your individual doctor about it and find out if, in fact, the risks of not getting it are outweighed by the risks of actually getting it. 
And uh, you were saying that you think people who are at high risk, who are maybe not 65, should also get the high-dose vaccine. Yes. If they're at high risk, if they if they fall into one of those categories that I was describing, they should, in fact, get the higher-dose flu zone. If on, uh, if, on the other hand, they don't, say, say they're pregnant or they have another issue, they should, at, at a minimum, get the regular flu vaccination. So the, the list for that is actually quite long, the, you know, but it includes cancers, any kind of chronic condition. Interestingly, morbid obesity. In other mm-hmm. words, if you're more than twice your weight, anybody who is an, an indigenous population, they're considered high risk and definitely should get the flu shot as well. Oh, it's interesting. You know, I guess there are different opinions on that because I did ask I'm not 65. I did ask my doctor if I should get the high dose, and he said, nah, you don't need it. Yeah. Um, so it's a personal decision. The The risks of getting a, um, like local side effects are a little more with a high-dose vaccination. But anybody who is somewhat immunosuppressed, it's a reasonable consideration. Okay. Um, let's take uh, Dorothy in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Libby. I'm sorry. I thought you were away on a nice, well-deserved holiday. Oh, thanks. Uh, I hear you were sick with pneumonia. Oh, poor me. Let's not talk about no, me. What about you? you. I, I'm sincere. I know that's not people don't believe when you're sincere. But anyway, I am. And as far as that flu, um, the needle for not catching uh, flus or not catching bad lung infections... Go ahead. I had that. I had just, um, I had uh, my gallbladder out. I have gastric disease. I've always had trouble with my esophagus. It's genetic. It's hereditary. I got that from my mom. She had like six operations on her stomach and esophagus. But anyway, I got that needle, and I, I had pneumonia so bad right after getting it. And I felt fine before I got that needle. And my family doctor gave it to me, and I was so sick that even penicillin wouldn't help me. Finally, um, the pharmacist that I've had for many, many years suggested Biaxin, said it was better than penicillin, and they put me on that, and that's what got me better. But um, uh, anyone with anything wrong with the esophagus? And every medicine that I take, I read everything it says about it. And the last paragraph, after reading for like 20 minutes, they'll finally say this. They say it. I just found that about that Advil or any of the, the uh, um, medicines that you take, like Inshore or any of them. They don't say you read all this oh, stuff. Just and then they Dorothy, finally tell you if you have gastric disease in the past or you have anything to do with the esophagus, do not take this pill. But they don't tell you right away. You okay, to- Dorothy, I'm going to let Dr. Gorfinkel respond. Thanks for your call. Dorothy, thanks so much for phoning and sharing your experience. Understand that with any vaccination program, um, there's always a chance that somebody will have something prior to giving the vaccination. So we can't always know that. They may be in what's called the incubation period, which is the period in which a person is asymptomatic but is going to be getting something. So if we're giving out a million vaccinations, well, there is a chance that some of those individuals will experience flu-like symptoms, not just because of the shot, but because they were actually brewing something and we just hadn't realized it 
prior to giving it. You know, so I appreciate the experience, but I can almost promise you it had nothing to do with the vaccination. The timing happened to be unfortunate for you. Those of you who do suffer from gastroesophageal reflux, that is considered a risk factor for getting pneumonias, for getting influenza. It's not necessarily a major one, but it can be a part of it. Okay. Uh, let's. This looks like a really interesting question from John in Burlington. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Pretty good, yep. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to ask the doctor. Uh, a month ago, about a month ago, I got a flu shot from the doctor, a regular flu shot, because he was out of high dose. I'm 72 years old. He told me that when I came back, which I'm going tomorrow, he'd give me the high dose. I, I don't know whether that's, uh, that's a problem or not. Um, the amount of added advantage you would have from a high-dose influenza vaccination after already having received the regular flu shot is about 25% more protection. So I don't know that that's a cost-effective decision. Once I've decided to give a patient a flu vaccine, that's it, Charlie, you're done. So you don't get a second vaccine. That's my own practice, and I think that Toronto Public Health would agree with that practice. The high-dose flu zone does, in fact, fact, give us some added protection, but it's about 25%. And if I had to choose, and if your doctor's out of the high-dose flu shot and you're you're there, just get vaccinated. That's that's the best thing. Uh, So what are you telling John? Should he take the extra? That's between you and your doctor. I'm not not diving into that swimming pool. Mm -mm. Okay. Okay, John, thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so a couple of things we should tell people about the high-dose flu. First of all, you have to get it in your doctor's office. Right. That's true. It's not available at pharmacies. Is there a problem with the supply? Because we're hearing that from John, and I know last year there was a bit of a problem with the supply, but I think this year it's okay. Uh, Well, our office had to beg and plead to get it, and initially they sent us, truth be told, 20 doses when we'd asked for 200. That's not good. However, with enough begging and pleading, we managed to get 100 doses out of them. It's a lot more expensive. You know, um, it is worthwhile to get, for sure, but as I say, if you have to choose, just get vaccinated. Okay, uh, let's take a question from Bob in Brampton. Hi, Bob. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, I uh, we took the flu. Sh- we're seventy-eight. Okay. And uh, my wife has the symptoms that you referred uh, previously: um, diabetes and uh, the big C. Um, when we were, when we went to the drugstore, actually, when we asked before, um, we took the actually we took it. Wait, you know, I think in October. Um, anyhow, she said that we don't need the HD one. Can you please uh, explain to me uh, why and why did she tell us that? Um, I kind of wonder, is it just because she didn't have it? I mean, that would be the first choice vaccination, and maybe there's something going on in her mind that I'm not aware of. I just say crack open that communication piece and try to better understand where the doctor's coming from. Well, no, you said your pharmacist told you that. But I'll well, be I don't... honest with you, she is very good. Okay, but you know, yeah, the thing is... She's as good as a doctor, Libby, you know, but, but now, and now we took it, like you were talking to the gentleman previously, it's no sense, you know, but I want to know it for maybe for the future. I think that you should probably take the high dose, but you cannot get the high dose in the pharmacy, at least as of now. So I don't know if that's why your pharmacist told you that. Uh, because you have to get that, that one you have to get in a doctor's office. Yeah. 
but if you fit the profile... We've done that before. I mean, actually, the last two years we went to the pharmacist because it's close to us. But but that's the first question I ask. I said, uh, can you tell me... Um, you know, I'm willing to go to the doctor if the HD is better for us. Yeah, the high-dose flu zone is considered the first choice, given what you've told me. So yeah. I would suggest you go back to the pharmacist and ask what the rationale was in suggesting that you, she should just take the flu shot. Now, it may be, and this may not be unreasonable, that yeah. the pharmacist perceived your wife is especially at high risk and needs the immunization fast. So there's a trade-off here, right? So if the, doc- if the pharmacist perceives that there could be a long wait or an unnecessary delay, understand it takes a full two weeks for our body to even mount the immune response given the vaccine. So it's not like, here, Dr. Gorfinkel gives you the shot and instantly you're protected. It doesn't work like that. It takes two weeks for it to work. So maybe that was a factor in your pharmacist's mind when the pharmacist said, well, you just get the shot. Can I tell you what the reason she gave us? She said, oh, you guys don't have asthma, you, you know, or, or, or you don't, you know, you're, you're pretty healthy, so to speak, except, you know, except that my wife has diabetes and... and uh, yeah, both of those are immunosuppressant. So, yeah, you know, when, as when we I get heard older... you on, uh, doctor, you know, that's what I said. I said, why did she didn't give us the HD? If we're, if we're more... Okay, let, okay, let's sure okay. give it to me, but at least you would suggest it that the wife will get it at least. Okay, so basically what we got here is that Iris, Dr. Gorfinkel, does not agree with what your pharmacist said, and what your pharmacist said seems to be against the recommendations. But um, So if you're asking for next time, I'd say, you know, go get the high dose next time. But to be fair, the pharmacist may have been balancing the you know availability of the high-dose flu shot along with, you know, just getting it sooner. So maybe there was something like that going on because we know diabetes and over 65, both are immunosuppressive. And with a cancer too, that's just another, I guess, feather in the cap, you could say, that would favor the high-dose flu zone. Okay, Bob, thanks for your call. We are going to Marion in Etobicoke. Hi, Marion. Thank you for all this valuable information. My husband and I are in our 80s. We had the high-dose flu shot. We inquired about the pneumonia shot. Years ago, we had a pneumonia shot, and we understand there's a, for lack of a better word, booster for it now. She recommended it, but we wait a week or two to get it. I understand there's a cost to this. Do you know what it is, please? Um, So to make a long story short, the pneumonia vaccination is kind of complicated because you have the Prevnar 13 and that is a, a, a vaccination that people unfortunately have to pay for. That vaccination results in a 75% reduction in hospital-acquired pneumonia and a 45% reduction in community-acquired pneumonia. How much is it? Big bucks. I think it's around, this is a guess, I don't know, 150 something like that. But I, I really Pardon don't me, know. It much? probably depends on your pharmacist and everything else. It's, it's Sorry, quite expensive. Sorry, I didn't get that amount. I'm not sure. She's, yeah, she's thinking oh. about 150, but not wow. sure. I, I'm actually not certain okay, of it. I think okay. it depends I on your pharmacist. Any info. And, you know, I, I think you ask just your, have to check. Ask that. your pharmacist. And, for sure. And uh, is nobody eligible to have it paid for? Unless you're an infant, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Hardly. Okay. okay. Thank you for your valuable help. The okay, government thanks. does cover Pneumovax 23, and they cover two doses. This is in Ontario only. It covers a one dose when you turn 65, 
and a second dose at the age of 70. I understand across Canada, Pneumovax 23 is covered by all provinces as a single dose, one dose starting at age 65. Okay, and that's probably the one we had maybe 15 years ago. Yeah, it could be. Could and be. is that as good? Pneumovax 23, there's an overlap between the coverage that Pneumovax gives against pneumococcal pneumonia and that of Prevnar. So there is a, an overlap. And for my super high-risk patients, I give all three. I'll start off with one, then give two doses of Pneumovax five years apart. Uh, and our producer, Michelle Saunders, who is also back today, um, had just sent a note saying the cost of the shot ranges from 105 to $130. Oh, thank you. Okay, thanks a lot for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Alice in Oakville. Hi, Alice. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Um, not too bad, thank you. Um, hi, doctor. Hello. Um, I wanted to ask um, ask you for your feedback on, on this situation. I've been getting a pneumonia shot. Sorry, I've been getting flu shots um, every year since I was diagnosed with COPD, and I did have a pneumonia shot um, once, and it was covered. And I'm, I'm thinking it was covered because I was chronically uh, getting... Um, uh, sorry, chronic bronchitis, and I was getting pneumonia. It seemed that I could not get a cold and just get over a cold. It would always go down to my lungs, and I would get sick. Now, since that time, since I was diagnosed, I have quit smoking, yay, and I have been feeling a lot better and, and such, but I wondered whether whether you think that because I've quit smoking, um, whether I should get a high dose. You get the gold medal. You did something that's really, really tough for people to do. You managed to quit smoking. That's amazing. So congratulations. There is no drug on planet Earth that will do what you have done for yourself, which is say, I have had it. I am done. Yeah, and so congratulations you. on that. I'm sure thank your family you so doctor gave you the big gold medal for that because that's a big, <laughs> big thing. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, should I be talking to my respirologist about this instead of my family doctor? Respirologists don't generally give out vaccinations, um, so oh, probably okay. not. It's the, the family doctors are sort of ground central for vaccinations. Okay. Um, and understand, when you've quit smoking, you know the cool thing about that is that uh -huh. the, I love this. The mucociliary tract, that's what it's called, this, this elevator, this escalator of mucus that carries all those evil germs away from your lungs, that's able to now regenerate. So that's why you're going to get a lot less sick. At first, people are like, I'm coughing, I quit smoking, I'm coughing. I'm like, that is right. good for you. That is a sign that your body is healing. Yes. So that's, yes. that's really yes. an amazing thing you did. Congratulations. Do Thank not you. go back. Thank <laughs> you, Alice, for your okay. call. Have a good day. Bye. Okay. Now, I'm taking a call from Mike in Port Credit, and, and you know, even this question, uh, I have to say, tell the truth, like, and, you know, this is a question I want to tackle. You're saying, do, does everybody need a flu shot, even under the age of 40? The answer, Mike, is so yes, because even if you're not going to get it, you might give it to someone. Yeah, you Hi, Mike, will. by the way, we'll let you talk. Hi, uh, enjoy your show, enjoy your show. Yeah, I've, I've never had the flu shot, and I have really elderly parents, and they were always getting it. And up to the age of 40, I was told that I didn't need the flu shot. So that was like, you know, 25 years ago. I've I've never had the had a flu shot ever, but they always got it. And my mother Maybe they it. got it from you, Mike. 
No, they always got the flu shot. <laughs> oh, the flu shot. They okay. Never, my mother never got the flu, but she had like she had open heart surgery. She was elderly. She always got it. My dad was very elderly. Um, he never never caught the flu, but he did once get get really ill, like the day after he had the flu shot. So he often wondered what the hell was injected in him. But that was the last time that he ever had it. But I was just going to say, I did have the flu once in 1997, and I've never been sick ever since then. And it took me about a week and a half to get over it, and it was really rough. And I've never had a cold or everything, anything since then. So you're, are you getting your flu shot? No, but I think everybody else should. Uh, and thanks a lot. Okay. Maybe you should think about getting your flu shot. Let's put it this way. We, as young folks, are like typhoid Mary. We may not get sick with it. We may feel okay. And then what happens? We turn around in the grocery store and we cough or sneeze on somebody named Libby Snymer. And next thing you know, she is very, very sick. So that's the thing. It's not just about you. My kids tell me that all the time. Well, it's not what, just about you. But I just I say, to- like, we, you know, why do we get, you know, vaccinated? Yes, we protect ourselves. But moreover, we protect people whom we love. Older people who are at risk and the very young. So we're talking infants, like the grandchildren. That's, whom, that's why we do it. We want to protect ourselves, but we also want to protect those who are vulnerable in and our And there's life. such a thing as herd immunity. Yeah, but you got to get like 90% of people vaccinated to talk about that. Unless okay. you live in a nursing home. Mike, do us all a favor. Uh, we're, we're starting to um, run out of time, and I want to take a few more calls, but please get your flu shot, okay? Thanks for taking my call. Okay, you're welcome. I, I don't think he's agreed. Okay, uh, let's, uh, we're going to just take a few more quickly. Brian in Mississauga. Hi, Brian. Are you there, Brian? Mm. Brian? Okay, we'll go on to Alvin in Toronto. Hi, Alvin. Hi, Libby. Uh, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Where is the the flu shot made, in which country, and where is the active ingredient coming from? Ooh, stump the doctor. I Uh, don't know. There's no transparency when it comes generally to where drugs are made. Um, I can tell you the high-dose flu zone... I have the package insert in my hand, and you can hear it wrinkling. Um, and I've read this thing over so many times. I don't. It's made by Sanofi Pasteur. Yeah. Um, it says Toronto on it, but I'm not sure exactly where it's manufactured. And that's that's a sad thing because I really well, believe in the transparency when it comes to that. I call pharmacies and the companies, but they themselves are not sure. Yeah, it's probably manufactured in a number of different places, I would think. No, no, the additive's okay, but where's the active vaccine coming from? You know, once you're at it, why don't you ask that same question with every drug you have, like every drug on the list. And the fact is, it's sad, there is no transparency when it comes to that. You go to the far, heck, I go to the supermarket. I get a piece of lettuce, and I know where the lettuce came from. But the medications, <laughs> that's not transparent, and I have issues with that. The government always mentions where the product is from, and even if they are different countries, they mention the countries. But it's strange they don't mention here. You know what, Alvin? You've, I, you've just, I had no idea about this. Never occurred to me. Thank you for bringing that Thank up. You. Thank I you think... for taking my call. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Brian in Mississauga, are you there this time? Yes, I am. Okay, you're on the air. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Um, question for you, young lady. Uh, my wife is a type 1 diabetic. She just got a flu shot, the regular flu shot. Is it best for her after two months go and get the flu zone? 
Is she over 65? Uh, she's 59. No, she's done. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. You have a good day. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, and um, that's about all the time we have for today. People, please get your flu shots. And you know what? If you have younger family members who are saying they don't need it, please get them to get their flu shots. Go Libby. Uh, If you get the flu, for a lot of people, that can lead to pneumonia. And that pneumonia can lead to you losing your independence if you're frail. Uh, You don't want to get pneumonia, trust me. And there's also a pneumonia vaccine, which... I will get as soon as I can. There is a cost to that. Uh, But um, that's a decision everybody has to make. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, thank you so much for being with us. And I have a hunch that we're going to have to revisit this topic. Sounds great. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.